This is Pucks in 7 with Ryan Payton and Victoria Matiash. Getting closer every time we do one of these shows to the NHL trading deadline. Then after the NHL trading deadline, a month and change till game 82 for most teams and then game one of the NHL playoffs. Boy, I can't believe it's almost here. Welcome to Pucks in 7. Ryan Payne, Victoria Matiash, once again brought to you by DamonBarber.ca. To celebrate this partnership, you can head over to DamonBarber.ca. Use the code PUCKSIN7. That is 7 the letter and no spaces between Pucks in 7. At checkout for a discount of 25% off on their uh, fantastic products. The products are absolutely amazing. Uh, whether you're aiming to grow a championship-worthy playoff beard, just want to maintain that winning look. Damon Barber Canada has you covered, and they have us covered as well. Uh, really excited still to be uh, uh, on board with them. Okay, we're going to go. So much to get into. Uh, we'll get to the socials in just a bit. We'll go West in just, uh, and actually, I think we've done West. We didn't West in the last number of pods, I think, first, correct? We went nope, West to East? No, we, we started with the East for like months. Okay, <laughs> so the pods that I were doing have nothing to, I don't know who you are. Anyway, who, who are you? What is this? No, I'm just kidding. I, I thought it was West. Anyway, we did go on a run where it was a lot of West. Okay, so we're going to go west in a bit. Let's go east. Um, we'll talk Patrick Kane, the Bruins, the Montreal Canadiens, Matt Rempe. I have a lot to say. We both have a lot to say uh, about that, and we don't know what each other is going to say. So let's begin with Toronto. It's up to seven. The winning streak is at seven. And it all began after Morgan Riley did what he did against Ottawa. Willie Nylander, we had that clip saying, we're doing it for Mo. We're doing it for Mo. They've been playing very well. They're getting production, not just from Matthews and Marner and Nylander, but some other guys as well. They made lineup changes too. Right now, this team is playing great hockey. Um, and I think everyone's kind of accepting there may be new rules, Vic. Now, what has impressed me the most, because we talked about this last podcast, how are they going to look with Morgan Riley back in the lineup? Yep. Yep. Because, all right, they, they are experiencing this big surge and this big inspiration because one of their captains, I know he's not wearing the C, but one of the team captains went out there, did what he did. We're not going to get back into that situation with Ottawa because that's water under the bridge. But they drew inspiration from it. They won five in a row. How are they going to look? And then in Colorado, in Vegas, right. winning those two games with Morgan Riley back in the lineup. Yeah. Now you can sit back at a Leafs fan and go, okay. Now yeah. what's most interesting with all the success they're enjoying, and a lot of it is credited to Austin Matthews, of course, we're all very impressed. <laughs> With the I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no the clue what he's doing. Scores and scores and yeah. scores. But now Sheldon Keefe has had the flexibility to muck around with his lineup a little bit just because things are working. All of a sudden, Todd Bertuzzi looks like he knows how to score again. I know it's only a hat trick on your birthday one day, whatever. It doesn't matter. He, he has looked better for a while. And now Keefe has this luxury. Well, hold playing. on, hold on, hold on. I'll tell you why he's looked better. Because he cut the hair. Have oh, you noticed father. that? No, no, no. You go back and I don't know the actual date, but I'm going to look at the date when he, he's got the neck guard too. I think he looks great playing hockey, but since he cut the hair, okay, he started mm. to play well. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> we all have our own pet theories. I'm just going <laughs> right. to run with maybe he's just finally getting comfortable yeah. and also a little bit of puck luck as well. Yeah, and fair puck enough. luck is definitely a thing. But that line, the Domi Bertuzzi and Nylander line, first of all, if you play with Willie Nylander, you're just going to get more opportunities. We saw a lot of that with right. Tyler Bertuzzi over the weekend. But now they have the luxury of playing John Tavares as a third line center. And the fact that John Tavares <laughs> is enough of a grown up, the captain of this team, and doesn't mm -hmm. mind because this no. would be an ego hit for a lot of other 
prominent players. Sure. And when he tells me, and he told the whole world that he doesn't mind, he wants the team to win games. This guy wants a Stanley Cup, man. He wants to I win know. a couple of playoff series. And yeah. if he has to play, you know, third pair D to do it, I imagine he would. And that's great. I think that's true leadership. The fact that Keith has this flexibility now to put him in that position, because now you're rolling. And you got Yarncroft coming back soon too, but you're rolling those top yeah. three lines in the playoffs, Ryan. It's not going to matter who's on that fourth line. No, 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 no it's not. And the game. And to your point about John Tavares, he's a professional, always has been. He's never bigger than the game. I don't think he puts himself ahead of the game. And for him to do this, yeah, you put. If this was to even years ago when he just came in, I still think he's just that type of person to say, okay, fine, if that's what it takes to win a game, then that's what it takes. But. The Leafs are doing what they're, whether it's the, the the lineup changes, Riley coming back, getting health, whatever it is, the goaltending too, which we have to talk about right now, they're playing very well. And I think it's a it's a credit to it's a credit to the guys like Domi and Bertuzzi, the ones who have not been producing a lot, and a lot of them have been spoken about over the course of the season, saying, "Hey, we can't just rely on Marta, can't just rely on Matthews, can't just rely on Nylander," but they're actually playing well. And I tell you, I, I forget the game it was, and then we can talk about the goalies. It was a number of weeks ago. Max Domi was put up to a line. It was either with Marner and Matthews or it was on the second line with Nylander and whoever. I thought in that game, whatever it was, he completely changed. And I believe it was the product of because he was playing with certain people. He elevated his game. He looked absolutely like a first-line player. But anyway, Kira, the Leafs, uh, the goalies. It's, it's, it's not a bad thing to have three. It's not a bad thing to have three goalies at all. We just got news. Well, I mean, we found out last week that Joseph Wall was back and he's going to play with in the NHL with the Marlies first, a little bit of a warm up before he's back with the Leafs. And he looked fantastic. He felt fantastic. He said he didn't think about the ankle at all. These are all words again Leafs Nation wants to hear. So now Sheldon Keefe has, we're going to call it a luxury because, of course, it's a luxury of having Samsonov, Martin Jones. That's two. Now. Now a healthy Joseph Wall, who was your better goaltender to start mm -hmm. this season. Mm -hmm. And he was asked recently about whether he liked to have three to choose from. I presume you wouldn't have any problem carrying three goalies as a, as a coach. Uh, no, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have uh, any problem with that. I think uh, we can manage that. But, uh, that, of course, will be up to Tree in managing the roster. Hey, Keith, would you like to have only one or two goaltenders or would you like to have three or four <laughs> competent to maybe choose from and yeah. just perhaps enjoy that luxury instead, it, especially down the stretch? I mean, Ryan, after we watched what happened with Vegas last year, which yeah, ended they had five. In the cup, they had several. They could move yeah. people in and out. And even yeah. Florida had a little bit of that too, if you remember. Mm -hmm. So these are the teams that are having, you know, you have this opportunity. Of course, they're still, are they going to put Martin Jones on waivers? I wouldn't. On the offhand chance that he may he might be claimed, I don't think he would be. But no. on the offhand chance he might be claimed, yeah. I wouldn't. You are so, in good shape right now. Yeah, so, here's he, guys in rotation. Sorry, go ahead. Here's here's my one thing, and then we'll go on to uh, to Detroit and and Chris Chelios and Patrick Kane and all that. My one thing is uh, Ilya Samsonov's struggles have been documented mentally, and he had some issues. He has really turned the corner. I don't want him not to get playing time. I don't want him to be relegated to the bench with Wall coming back. I don't want that because I do think that he's playing well. It's a product of the team playing in front of him, yes, but also Samsonov has been very good and he seems to be getting back on track. So uh, we'll see. Good for Toronto. They won seven. And you know what? Good for Joseph because where there's a wall, there's a way. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I was waiting for that. that yeah, I know. 725 in. Carry on. Yep. I'm giving you a... <laughs> 
<laughs> giving you a thumbs up on that Thank one. Thank you. Uh-huh. Visually. Uh, yeah, you play them. I'm with you. You play them as a tandem. I know we're going to move you on do. to Detroit, you but you play them as a yep. tandem. You can't sit somebody for games at no, a time. Can't. That's going to mess with Sammy no. so bad. Moving yep. on. Uh, big night on Chicago over the yeah. weekend. For Cindy Crawford. <laughs> Oh no! Sorry, sorry, Chris. Chris, sorry, I got distracted. Chris Chelios, right? For Chris, for Chris Chelios, they retired his jersey, and it was, this is a ceremony. Of course, we had that was on the docket for quite some time now. Though, I, what I believe is, when this was originally planned, I don't think they were expecting Patrick Kane to come back to oh. be there for all of it as well, because he hadn't, he wasn't with the trick. Okay, right. So it was just an all around, it was a great ceremony for Chelios. He gets the kudos he deserves. And then Patrick Kane gets his video tribute as well, because what are you supposed to do? You still mm-hmm. have to give it to somebody who is no, like you have to. No, you responsible have to. for helping you win Stanley yeah. Cups, plural. Like yeah. You have yeah. to do that. So he got his tribute video, which went on and on and on and on and on. And that's fine. And it was a great turnout. And then, of course, storybook ending, Patrick Kane scores against his former team in overtime on her breakaway because everything just falls apart when it's three on three. That's a topic for me for another day, but it was a uh, quite a night for Patrick Kane and yep. Chris Chelios yep. in Chicago over the weekend. My question to you, where does Mr. Kane rank top American players? Oh gosh. He is, he is so up there. He's in the same category as the Medanos of the world to me. What I noticed about that goal, and you're right, three on three, you get that, you get a, a chance at one end, and Chicago did have a chance, and then Kane was was in on the break. He could have had a cup of coffee. That that's how much time he had. But what I looked at again, he has the some of the silkiest mitts that I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and he still does. One on one, there's not anyone better. I don't think in stick handling the puck. McDavid is a genius. He's a wizard. Kane, though, that puck is on a string and the quick release. That was really cool. And then after when he was when he was skating off, he, you know, he tapped his chest as if thank you, Chicago, all that type of thing. And you know what? Lost in all this, Vic. Well, not lost, because we're gonna talk about it. Detroit's won five in a row. Seven of their last ten. And Tampa, it's they're not doing as well. They've won two in a row, they're five in the last ten. But Detroit now with 70 points. They're four points back at Toronto for that third spot in that Atlantic division. But I've been I've been wanting Detroit and Buffalo. Buffalo's not happening because we talked about that earlier. But I've been really hoping that Detroit's gonna gonna do something. Um, I'd love to see them back in the playoffs. And if they continue to play the way that they're playing now, I know they're gonna lose at some point. They're 17, 8, and 5 at home as well. They're one of the better teams at home. You gotta win those games on home ice. Okay, yeah, Pat- first of all, they're yeah, the, one of the hottest teams in the East right now. Yeah. And I think we owe not only Dylan Larkin, who has been amazing as well, but yeah. one of his line mates were just talking about Patrick Kane since coming back from injury. He's on an eight game point streak. He hasn't not scored in a game since she's, he's returned from injury. He's got five goals. I believe it's eight assists. It's not right in front of me, but it's ridiculous numbers right now. Yeah. That's helping. Their defense is improved. Their goaltending, if you're looking at that, is much better than it has been, especially if one person is in, is in that as opposed to the other. I'm not going to pile on you wanna, again. You want to expand? No, <laughs> another one, we save it for next time. So we have three on three to talk about and then this to talk about next time. Carry on. I think Alex Lyon has done a heck of a job. So... We'll just yes. leave it at that. Um, okay. I think they're going to have some issues down the stretch with not having people mm-hmm. who are putting in the supporting showings behind Alex Lyon, but Alex Lyon has been great. But good on Detroit. 
all around. Going to circle back one very, very, very quickly to Kane before we move on. It's been neat because we talk about one of the greatest American players of all time, or maybe the greatest American player of all time. Mm-hmm. And that's that conversation is going to die in four or five years because it's going to be Austin Matthews. We're not even going to be talking about it. No, anymore. I know. Yeah, yeah, Unless yeah. he gets hit by a train, that's what's going to happen. Okay, but Vic, until you don't then, have to be so morbid. You know what? I don't know quite why I went that dark. <laughs> I don't know either, actually. That is so unlike you. Okay, okay is so he if he gets hit by ahead. a train? <laughs> oh, wow. Unless he retires early, unexpectedly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the two the two top points uh, players above uh-huh. who are also in the conversation above Patrick Kane right now, Mike Medano, of course, and Brett Hull. And if uh, if Patrick Kane plays two more years, yeah, he is going to catch Hull for the most yeah. points as an American yeah. player. He only needs 126. He finished finishes this season. He has to play two more. He looks great. I know he's 35, but two no, more does. is not a big fine. ask. He so he's fine. gonna be he is gonna be top of the mountain for a while until I think Austin Matthews eventually catches up. But good on him. Good on Detroit. They are absolutely rolling. A team in the East that's having some struggles winning <laughs> right now, particularly in regulation. Ryan, yeah. why do the Bruins enjoy going to extras so much? <laughs> well, the problem is this. Uh, they got a memo from the league saying, just don't even bother trying to get it done in 60. Let's go overtime or let's let's uh, let's do the shootout. Here's the thing with that. Boston is getting points, right? The last six they games are. have gone yeah. to either overtime six? or a shootout. Oh, yeah, six. last six. So <laughs> those are six Ugh. extra. Those are extra points. Let's see. So they... They lost in the shoot, so they lost to the Kings in OT. Then they beat Dallas in the shootout. Then they beat Edmonton in OT. Lost to Calgary in OT. Lost to Vancouver in OT. Lost to Seattle uh, on Monday night in the shootout. So those in the last what? The last one, two, three. Those are three extra points. There's nothing wrong with the team. The team is fine. But here's my concern: is that where is that killer instinct? And I'm echoing what Jim Montgomery said. He said we don't have that lately. And I don't know if that's part of a Part of the reason is, I don't think this is right, but I'm just trying to think outside the box. Boston, has been, they were amazing last season. I know that they were 3-1 uh, against Florida, and then we all know what happened. But their regular season was historic. And I think maybe sometimes they possibly are thinking, well, we're just kind of go through the motions here and get through these 82 games. We've seen some of these great teams take their foot off the gas a bit. So maybe that's just the rut that they're in. It's not a bet. It's not like they're getting blown out six to one every single night. But the point is, you need to find ways to finish this. I know Boston's in good shape. Say Vic, say they were in right now the second wildcard spot or the third um, on the outside looking in, and they didn't pick up these extra three points, or they didn't pick up like five of the last six points that they that they laid. This would be even more of a concern. But the fact is, they're still okay for the time being. I'm just worried about the weakness down the middle. I remain. I've said it all season long. You're not the same team without Patrice Bergeron. No, you're not. You're just not. So that is my only concern. But they knew that. But they they knew that. So okay. So are they going to do something before March March eighth? Then or are they just going to count on? No, they're going to call Patrice and say, "Look, give us a (laughs) run. Let's go." It's pretty simple. It's a pretty. No, they're not. But they are going to make the postseason. They're going to make the postseason. Yeah, they are. Of course they are. After that, because if you look at one of those teams right now, if this finishes the way it's going to finish, Bruins, Panthers, Maple Leafs, which I think we all believe that's how it's going to end up. I suppose the Lightning might squeeze in, but those that's how it looks right now. No, the Lightning are done. It's not One of those very, 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 very good hockey teams is not going to survive past the first round. Yeah, I know. Because of the way that it sets up. And right now, 
I'm putting my money on Boston falling. Okay, first. so another topic for another day. We've got three on three, and what else do we have? I forget the other one that we're going to do next time too. But this is the third one we can talk about. Let's go back to the one versus eight situation, please. Mm-hmm. Please. I had, this conversation. The, I had this conversation it, with Mick Kern last Friday. It on solves what Arder you Redoo. just said. It solves that the Panthers could be into round two. It solves the Leafs could be into round two. It solves the Bruins. The t- you, should get, you should get the easier path through if you put up a ton of points in the 82 games. Preaching to the choir, buddy, but I'll say this. The second division leader has to get the number two spot, okay? Give them that. You, you actually okay. should okay, fair be enough. rewarded fair enough. for fair winning enough. your division. Okay, but, but then so, after that, then go three all the way down. Right. But do three all the okay. way down because right. you should if you finish top of that conference you yep. should play the crummiest team and i know yep. they're not really crummy but you should play the crummiest right. of the eight and right. i think in this whole like we have to breed rivalries with playing in the divisions it's all a bunch of horse crap we yep. know that it doesn't work that way playoff Playoff series so, is what creates the dirtiest rivalry. So going. right now, if you look at say it went one mm. through eight in the season, uh, the postseason started. I look at this it, all the time. All Boston the time. against Philly, Rangers against Tampa, Panthers against the Wings, Canes against the Leafs. And those that makes are really, sense to me. Those are really good matchups. And Boston and the Rangers are their divisional leaders, so that's yep. how the, it would work out. Yes, and then it yeah. falls after that. And this, yeah, those yeah. matchups make much more sense to me than I'm with one you. of the powerhouses in the Atlantic falling immediately because simply they didn't. They're in the wrong division. That's not fair. Anyway, you know who uh, is probably not going to make the playoffs? <laughs> Which one of these four teams? Who Pittsburgh's right. not? They're done. Okay, so we're looking at this grouping after the Lightning. The Lightning are in the final. Uh, uh, wild card spot right now. And if you look at this grouping and you've got the Flyers, sorry, pardon me, the Flyers are actually in a playoff spot because of right. the situation of how what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. With the Capitals, the Devils, the Islanders, mm-hmm. and the Pittsburgh Penguins are all within three points of each other. Yeah. They're all out of a playoff spot right now. Do mm. you see, my question to you, Mr. Payton, do you see mm-hmm. one of those teams scrapping out and making it happen? Or are we essentially looking at the eight playoff teams in the East yep. right now. Yep. Do you? The eight are set. The eight are set. Um, okay. I am with that being because I disagree. With that, with no, don't. No, don't. I don't. Oh, my gosh. I'm wrong with everything. Okay, You're so here not. we go. I'm wrong all the time. Oh, yeah, I know. It's great. <laughs> it's all part of it. But here's the thing. So just looking at that right now, the standings, Washington, they have three games in hand. So mm-hmm. that's six points. If you add the six points now, say they played the three games and they get the six points, say they played the three in the next I don't know, four days and Tampa was off for an entire week. They'd have the same amount of points as Tampa. So give the Capitals a bit of an edge with that, but you're a minus 28. They have given me no indication at all that this team's going to, they have to go on a run. They can't just win one game here. They can't just win two here and lose three and do all this type of thing. You can't do that. Um, of all the teams, the Capitals, even minus 28, which is so ridiculous, they have the best shot. The Devils, I do not think are going to do it. The Islanders, I don't think. And the Penguins absolutely are done. Kyle Dubas said the other day, he said that pretty much all the everybody outside the core are up for, not up for sale, but he'll take calls, mm-hmm. right? So imagine that. He comes to Pittsburgh first. Crosby's got a new deal coming up after next season. I know he's going to have eight, seven in, in it somehow. Where Where is this? The, the window, unfortunately, is shut on Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh, no. Islanders... It's Tampa, it's Detroit, and then the three in the Atlantic right now and the three uh, in the Metro. Those well, are the I'm teams. Very, Those I'm are very the sorry to inform you that you're incredibly incorrect. So okay, I am so sorry. Okay, so let's move I on to the next bad. topic. New Jersey, 
once they get, they're just too good of a team for me, and I know what's happening. Uh-uh. New Jersey once they is get what, going to get a goaltender. And so who's it going to be? Why hasn't why hasn't no, happened yet? Just because it, the price is too high right now. Chargers. What they're demanding for some of the better goalies in the league, the price is too high. You might as well ask for it. But with, within the next week, we are going to see a new netminder in New Jersey. Well, obviously before the trade deadline, there's going to be a new defender, and they're going to end up squeezing out the Flyers. That is what's going to end up happening oh, eventually. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Mm, Can you see that? Wait. Flyers just lost I, two defenders yeah, in the last I could, 24 hours. Yeah, I could possibly. I could I could possibly see that. I was basically going, but no, I'm, I'm going to stick to what I said. You stick to what you said, but I was going on the whole wild card situation. So I sure. didn't count for that third and spot in the Atlantic and third spot um, in, the, um, in the Metro. Boy, it's fun though. It's fun to talk about it. And all those teams within... The fact that the Devils are in this position is is mind-boggling to me. And just watch. Anyway. The Sabres are going to win like 15 in a row or something. You <laughs> something watch that. Ridiculous. You watch that. They're going to end this run and they will, oh my God. Yeah. Hmm. But that's why we watch because you yeah, don't no. know. You don't know exactly what's going to happen. Um, teams get, again, March 8th coming up very soon. Uh, we'll get to the, uh, of course, that's the trade deadline of the National Hockey League. Look at the bottom feeding teams right now in the NHL. In the West, we'll do a bit too in a sec. But in the East, Montreal is intriguing. Uh, they're saying that they're good with the group that they have. They're saying they can win with this group that they have. Well, they're not winning this season with the group that they have. So do you think that even though that's their mentality, what if some, what if some great trade proposal comes on the table? Do you think that they're not going to think that Hughes isn't going to go at that and think, Hmm, maybe oh, I think they're going to make moves, but I don't think they're buying. Well, but if they're saying, if they're saying they're fine with this group, then why are you going to change that? If, if that's oh. the statement you're saying, then then what it, what does that do to the strategy? That's my question. I because if you look at Montreal and any of these and any of these teams that don't have a lot of points, you would think, yeah, they're going to be selling absolutely because they want to get better. But if you're fine with the team, then I think they're going to be kind of quiet. To be honest with you, I think they're still going to sell. I don't think Jake Allen is a goaltender with the Montreal Canadiens past March eighth. Why would he be? He has a year left on his contract, and he's the lesser of the goaltending core that they're dealing with right now. That is Sammy Montembeau's net. I think we, there's no discussion. Oh, no, yeah. yeah hands okay. Down, hands down. So yeah. why are you going to stick with a 33-year-old netminder, soon to be 34, who has a year left on his contract if you can get something from him back? I think more what Hughes meant was when he's happy with this team, he's building around this core now. They have two young defenders in both uh, Ghoul and Wi-Fi who are coming up, who are looking better and better. They're 22 and 23 years old or 21 and 22 years old, something. They're in their younger 20s. They're coming up. He's looking at his core up front, Suzuki, Cole Caulfield. Caulfield. You're looking at what Slavkovsky is doing this season, especially the last yeah, month. Yeah, that's. Been I'm out. really happy to see that. Me too. Yeah, Me yeah. too. It's nice to see it finally work out when you yeah, put a little bit is. of patience into it. I think yeah. that's more what he's talking about. The fact that now you got Alex Newhook looking like a much better player than he has in a while. And you, you have this core now emerging. There's no reason, though. And I would like to see the move. Jake Allen is top of the list there, but if you yeah, get another body go. with an expiring contract or with a year or two left, somebody that isn't going to be a part of your core, because they're not winning nothing this year. They're not winning nothing next year, but then no. you're going to start to look at them winning. And if mm-hmm. you can bring in prospects as opposed to picks in particular, I think this team might be closer to being a contender with a few other pieces here and mm. there in terms of people who are already playing <laughs> yeah. as opposed to something you might draft. That's all. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, you're right. They have a good couple of great guys in Caulfield and Suzuki. 
Um, but I'm with you with the Jake Allen thing. I mean, just let's stop it, end it, like let Allen move on, and then just focus on uh, Montembeau. I like, them, I like to see them move forward. Josh Anderson as well, but I think just his 5.5 salary is just too much, especially with the term on it. And he's yeah. never been the player that I really always wanted him to be, even with Columbus. He's such a, he's, yeah. he should be so great, and he's just so inconsistent. I wish he could be more more consistent. That's all. If you put him on a better team, that's the answer. Maybe you, you and Maybe. I didn't discuss. You and I didn't discuss this before. Uh, we're going to end this segment with Matt Rempe, uh, the Rangers rookie, who's uh, what seven foot eight? No, he's six seven. Big boy. Um, we were going to discuss our angles on this, but we're going to save this. So I don't know where you're going to go with this, and you don't know where I'm going to go. So I'm going to throw it to you. Matt Rempe's getting in fights pretty much every game. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Your thoughts on this? Okay, he is, and let's summarize first what he's doing. If when people aren't watching the Rangers, he's played five games. So he's far. fighting. He's fighting. He has That's fought. The he, has, he has fought in four or five games. There's mm-hmm. one game but, against New Jersey. He only played 13 seconds. Got 17 penalty minutes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he's going in there, and these are not spur of the moment fights, Ryan, because somebody did something to somewhere else. This is all stage stuff. Yeah, all it's right? pregame. They, they they talk about in the pregame. And I'm already very concerned. He's 21 years old. I'm already very concerned about Matt Rampey's brain. Amen. So I am with you. That's where I'm going to. Okay. Your brain is still developing until your mid to late twenties. Even if you're 35, I don't want to see the stuffing pounded out of your noggin every single night to rouse the team, which by the way, didn't work in Columbus the other night. And he got absolutely pounded. Yeah, he did. This is a kid. By Mathieu Olivier. Yeah. Let's, and, and you know what? They're facing each other. We should mention it's February 27th. Yeah. And the Rangers are playing Columbus again tomorrow night. Do you yeah. think that they're going to drop the gloves against each other again? Of course they are. Is it going to be yeah. a big disaster? Is this, uh, this guy going to get the stuffing knocked out of him again? Of course he is. I know he's big. So, he's a kid. He's it doesn't a matter. child. It doesn't matter. Um, th- this just in, fighting is not as prevalent as it used to be in the National Hockey League. You know who he reminds me of? And this is a very tragic story and ending Derek Bugard. Oh, yeah. The last team he played with was the Rangers. I remember the last fight that he, that he was in. And we all know what happened to him after that. I'm with you with the whole thing. Fighting, it, th- there's no role for this anymore. But he's now creating, recreating this role that has been phased out of the NHL, whether people want it or not. And the last two fights, the Nick Delorier one that he was involved with the Philly, and the last one, the Mathieu Olivier one, mm-hmm. he, you watch when he, first of all, he got taken down at the end of it by Delorier with the leg. So he got taken, he seemed wobbly getting up from that one. He seemed very wobbly getting up from the last one against Olivier. And even when he was in the bench, I mean, the guy's bleeding. I'm with you. I'm glad you said this because this, he has to stop this. He really does. You can do whatever you want in fighting, but it's not, it's not a good look. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. There are kids out there right now that are now seeing this and thinking, mm-hmm. oh, is this back? Oh, this is okay. I'm big. I may not have the best skill, but I'm going to fight because there's a spot for me. There's no spot for this. And with head injury, I am very, Peter Laviolette, you need to, you need to smarten up. That's, it's you his need, decision. It's you need to tell decision, him, look, Matt. Okay. By the way, the Rangers, in case you last looked, they have 81 points. They don't need a spark. They don't need to go on this 10-game run. They're a good hockey team. This is on Laviolette to tell him and pull him aside and say, Matt, you're 21. You don't need to do this. Like you're getting pounded. Let, let, let's just let, let let's just call whatever. You're getting the you know what kicked out of you. Don't do it. 
it's going to catch up to you sooner than later. To your point, the brain is still developing. And I don't know why, like you don't have to sit with all these guys. And of course, Olivier, I don't know I'm going off, and Delorier, they're not going to turn down the fight. I guarantee you that, I don't guarantee you, mate, I, I would think that Rempe is the one that started the conversation with them as they're sitting across the red line from each other talking. Hey, you want to go? You want to go? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. They're not going to c- turn down a fight. It's they likely he's the one that's like, hey, bud, can you give me a shot? Like I need enough. to earn my, I need but to Vic, earn my, this, my job. This doesn't happen in the NHL anymore. It's done. It's not it happening. Throwback, Don't bring yeah. it back. It's, it's stupid. It's stupid. And he's going down a path very early on that he's got to get off. He really okay. does. But then what's his role as a professional hockey player? He has 12 points in 43, 43 games with Hartford. In the There's NHL. no role, Vic. There's no role. I'm sorry. So I'm if you're going to say to him, if you're going to say to him, I agree I'm with not you. Tr- you know I'm on, your, I, I'm on the same page. Exactly. But if you say to him, if you stop doing this, you know he's going to get sent down. Once, once somebody else is okay. healthy again on the roster. So here's he's what you do then. You, you tell him, you basically say, and I'm just using in this maybe an obscure example or comparable. Um, this just coming off the top of my head. You do the kind of Ryan Reeves thing. Now, Ryan Reeves is one of the toughest, if not the toughest in the league, but he doesn't fight barely anymore. He hasn't played a whole lot, but whatever. The point is, is that he's on the fourth line when he plays. He doesn't play a lot of minutes. When he's out there, his job is, okay, if something happens, maybe he'll fight, but he's out there trying. He's out there hustling, trying to get the puck. That's the role that he needs to be on. I'm not saying send him down. Give him five, six minutes and say, sorry, man, it's not happening. He hasn't played more than five, six this is a bad look in every single way. <sighs> Let's take a break. We'll go west after this. Smart enough, Matt, Peter, Ryan Payne, Victoria Maniash, Fox and 7. Welcome back to Pucks and 7 with Ryan Payton and Victoria Maniash. I'm still a bit, a bit riled up, to be honest with you, about the last segment or part of the segment with the RMP thing. Anyway, we're good now. We went east. Now we're going to go west. Welcome back. Pucks and Seven brought to you by DamonBarber.ca. Go to DamonBarber.ca. Use the code Pucks and Seven at checkout for an exclusive discount of 25% off all of their fantastic products. Uh, let's go west, shall we, Vic? We just touched on the seven burning topics in the east, Pucks and Seven, of course, and now we're going to look at seven burning topics in the west. I like it when you're passionate. I think you're probably going to bring it down here a little bit, though, because now we're just talking about the Oilers and uh, the fact that Connor McDavid can't score anymore. It's really rather tragic. No, I never, think there's, I, may, yeah, I think there's a major problem. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, he actually hasn't scored. Is it 10 games now? He hasn't scored in 10 straight a goal. Now, he has eight trillion assists. Yes. He has multiple assists every single night. One game he had six. And he's had like pretty much a minimum of at least a pair most mm-hmm. of the nights. But I think it is 10 games now without a goal, which is still not very Connor McDavid-like. No, it's not. And he not. was actually, uh, he was asked about this uh, just the other night. I've decided I'm just going to see how many assists I'm going to So uh, that's, 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 uh, that's the focus. I'm not going to shoot the puck anymore. And, um, I'm not going to score any more goals. So, um, no, I mean, to be obviously, of course, I want to score, want to produce, um, you know, I want to help uh, this team any way I can. And um, scoring goals is part of that. So he's turning in. Horse's mouth. He's there's he, no more goals. He's, he's not turning shoot it. On so he's turning anymore. into more of a Gretzky. Then, yeah, <laughs> let's right. just help everybody else. Not saying Gretzky didn't help himself. Um, yeah, look, he's so you asked when the last time he scored. Last time he scored was Feb sixth against the Vegas Golden Knights. 
It and is since ten. that ten games, yeah, ten games. <clears throat> yep. Since then, two assists, two assists, one, 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 three assists, six assists against Detroit. Okay, how about that stat line? McDavid had six points, but no goals. Really, Ray Connor? Um, he's the numbers are off the charts. Whatever it is with him, look, I, I there's not much to say about this. He'll be fine. He's going to score. Of course, they're still okay. Fine. The fact that in these ten games, he has twenty three assists, and <laughs> Right now, yeah, isn't that crazy? Right now, he's gone. He's what? He's climbed the points leaderboard. I think he's trailing trailing Kucherov by 11 for the league lead right now. And he has 91 points in 54 games. He's missed a bit of time, which is phenomenal. Um, what do you think of this? Is there I anything to this? No, of course, he's it's just shooting funny. on net. He had six shots on net the other night. Of course, the goals are going to yeah, start going. It's going to happen. The fact <clears> is, he. We were talking about John Tavares being a good captain and a good team yep. leader and a good a good teammate all around. Whatever he does, honest to goodness, if Connor McDavid doesn't score another goal this season, and of course he's going to score a bunch of them, but even if he doesn't, at Edmonton finishes top of the Pacific, he is not going to give a hoot. Because what he wants is to make the playoffs, roll through the playoffs, and win the Stanley Cup. And if he doesn't score another goal, he's not going to care. And, of course, he's going to score lots. This is nothing. But it's just a little bit fun. I like the fact that he ran with it. You just get so bored. When are you going to score again, Connor? When are you going to go score? Why why can't you score? And for him to just own it and have fun with it and say, no, I've decided I'm an assist man, and that's what I'm going to do going forward. The fact this this is a breakthrough for him, the personality finally is coming through. The only time he's going to smile is when he hoists the Stanley Cup. We've made fun of that. He's not the most outwardly expressive individual. But the fact is, he's playing now with the media. I think it's great. I think he's just it, exasperated. But yes, of course, like takes. enough. Let's whatever give them takes, something. I like the fact yeah. he's showing more. I'm, yeah, no, for sure. The LA Kings, mm. uh, since they had the coaching change, not a good start to that road trip. They lose 4-2 to the aforementioned Edmonton Oilers. They led 2-1 late in the second, I believe. Um, not only that, that's not so much of the concern. The concern is the injuries. Adrian Kempe, Victor Arvidsson, Carl Grundstrom, Mikey Anderson, Trevor Moore finally getting his first goal in 13 games. It was the first even-strength goal for the Kings since last Tuesday against Columbus. The numbers are not flattering at all, and the injuries aren't good. Now, I believe that Arvidsson's going to come back at some point, and I think he's on the, on the uh, I guess, the closer scale, if you will, to that. But... Based on the way they are right now, if this team is in the postseason, they're done in the first round. Adrian Kempe, the loss of him is huge. Mm-hmm. He's one of one of the productive engines of this uh, this team right now, not getting a ton of scoring across the board. And as much as I've, you know, we've all been really impressed with what Quentin Byfield has been doing lately. He's still the young kid. It can't all flow through him either. Losing See that a, goal it, the other night. Oh, it was gorgeous. It was absolutely <sighs> beautiful. You can watch it over and over and over again. Just go on YouTube and do Quentin Byfield goal, and you know exactly he muscled it in all by himself. I think it's still goal of the year right now. Regardless, the loss of Adrian Kempe. Is yeah, huge. Yeah. The fact that Victor Arvidsson lasted four games before mm. he suffered another injury is yeah. very, very. Concerning. That's right. I, 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 I missed. Uh, yeah. I, so I didn't Carl Grundstrom as yeah. well. I mean, this is again yeah. not a uh, not a player that a lot of people will recognize who aren't fans of the Los mm-hmm. Angeles Kings, but is more important than people know. Yeah. This is a concern, but the loss of Adrian Kempe is a concern for me for sure. The Absolutely. the offensive uh, prowess of the Kings. It's not like they're going to score a ton of goals every single night, but they have had ninety shots in the past two games, and their shooting oh, wow. percentage is four percent. 90 shots and 4%. So that is very, very telling for the LA Kings. Um, The Preds. Hey, let's not go to U2. 
let's try to get that Stanley Cup. And I said this too, that you're going to love this. I don't know if you heard this when I did the hot stove the other weekend, but I said this whole U2 thing that the Barry Trotz and Andrew Burnett said, you're not going to go to anymore because you're not playing well. It's a bad look, all that thing. The Preds will take a playoff spot because that would be better than a concert or YouTube, even better than the real thing. Oh, very nice. There you go. Very nice. You could probably do a few with that. A they ton. have indeed. Okay. Listen, the last time you, everybody listened to us, we were talking about how we didn't like the move because it's, it treats the players no, like I children. Still I, I still, still don't, don't like the move. Even, even if they win the next 20 games in a row, which they're not, I still don't like it. One of my, I say this to you all the time. Two things can be true at yep. the same time. Yep. And I cannot like the fact that those running the team are teaching or treating their players like children and infantilizing mm. them. I can hate, I can hate that by grounding them. You don't get to go to the concert because you haven't played well. I can hate that. I can still appreciate the fact that they've won five cents. Do I think they've won five cents because they were grounded from going to a concert? No. Not necessarily. No. <laughs> Not necessarily at oh, all. Gosh. I think they've won five straight because they're a better hockey team than what they were before this all went to pot. Mm -hmm. And now they're playing better as a whole because as they should be playing better. So again, two things can be true. I still don't like the disciplinary move. I don't like that whole, you don't get to go anymore. No, it's your allowance away. I can't stand that stuff. Yeah. I don't, I just don't, I don't like it with anybody. I don't even really like it with kids either, but I, I particularly don't like it with adults. But the fact that they've won five straight, we should mention it and full respect to them. They are moving themselves more into a comfortable spot in the Western conference right now, I still think they're going to struggle down the stretch just because of a few different issues, but can they slide in one of, one of the positions wild card? Sure. They can. I think based on the way they're playing and to me that they've underachieved this season, even before this five game run, I just think that there should have been more. You see Saros's numbers or some of the lowest that he's had I'm not blaming him. It's a product of the team in front, by the way, Ryan O'Reilly, very, I got to give the guy credit. He's having a good season. He really is. You know, gets to Toronto last year, decides, no, I'm going to sign with Nashville. He's been one of the better players on that team. Yeah, he's playing with Philip Forsberg, though. I can play with Philip Forsberg. And yeah, I'm but there's have a, a lot of season. players that play with certain ones in the league that don't do yeah. what he did in year one. I'm telling it you. Is, you put, it's great. I, I like Ryan O'Reilly very much as a hockey you player. You just I would squashed have my, my point. Vic just <laughs> completely, hold on, hold on a second. She squashed that like a cherry tomato. I don't know I'm saying this. Philip Forsberg is an elite hockey player. Yes. And I don't think the Predators have enough of that. You've got Roman Yossi on the blue line. You've got him up front. Ryan Riley is having a good season. Then you have a right. few other players that are pitching in. So, but the fact that they're still talking about, there's still trade rumors surrounding UC Saros tells me that this team doesn't uh, doesn't truly believe that. Not make the playoffs, but making the playoffs and getting knocked out in the first round. The Predators have done that. <laughs> they yep. understand what it is to make the postseason and then not go very far. And they're, I think they're tired of doing that. So. Yeah, they're the only team that currently hold a playoff spot in both conferences that is not on the plus side of the plus minus. See, doesn't they're that tell you three. something then? They've scored 184, given up 187. So to the point of defensively and goaltending has not been very good but they won five in a row. So we talked about this in the East, the, the log jam, if you will, um, between the Capitals, Devils, Islanders, and the Penguins. Same kind of thing we're seeing in the West, the Blues, the Wild, the Flames, and the Kraken. One point separating those four teams and the Blues four points back of Nashville. Let me throw it to you like you threw it to me in the last one in the East. Any of those teams get in? 
Yeah, the Minnesota Wild are going to boot the Predators from their spot eventually. Okay, there we go. Okay. Because I do think it makes sense for the Predators to move UC Saros. They've got the Askarov kid coming Yeah, no, up. it does. Yeah, they're, yeah, looking, no, it does. they're looking to the future. They need to make this team better. They're just not. And remember you and I spoke about this in the summertime. I don't think it was a podcast. I think we were on the point or something. You were hosting something. And we talked about this, how everybody else was making this move and the other move and that move mm-hmm. and this move. And they did mm-hmm. nothing. They essentially yep. did nothing. Yep. So to me, it's they yeah. didn't do enough to improve their hockey club. And this is a team that has always been good, but not great. So yeah. if they eventually want to be great. They're going to have to do something a little bit different. The fact that Philip Forsberg has been healthy all season has been right. amazing. Yeah. So they need to do something different. And I think the Minnesota Wild have been really, really good lately. They're scoring. The goaltending's been good enough. And I just think the Minnesota Wild is that much better of a team. Nothing the Preds, much better of a team than they have been this year. That's my pick. Certainly not the Blues, not the rest of them, but that's my pick to uh, steal one. You mentioned the Saros, and maybe also this is a reason why he may get dealt. He has one more year left on his contract at five, and he's 28. So he's up. So maybe they think, well, he's going to want a certain amount of money. He will. He'll want much more than five. He's only 28. Not saying that that's old or young, but kind of almost, well, just south of 30. So maybe that's, I, I think he'll be dealt. I, I really do. And you're right. They, they have goaltending um, coming up anyway, so they should do that. I'm with, um, I'm with you. I've said Calgary is done. Even though they're playing better hockey, I still think they have to sell at the deadline. Uh, Seattle, I just don't think they have it like they did last season. St. Louis, I don't believe in, but I do believe in, in Minnesota. So if there's any team that I think could, Climb over the Preds, I guess, into that second. And let's not forget, I know the Kings are 7-3 and three in the last 10, but I still don't have a ton of confidence in that team that they're going to be in the postseason by the time the season's uh no, We were just talking about done. why. It makes sense. Yeah, they have two games in hand. But yeah, I'm going with Minnesota. Seven wins in the last 10. They're, look at all these teams, though, Vic. Nashville minus 3, St. Louis minus 11, Minnesota minus 7, Calgary minus 1. Yet they're all fighting for a playoff spot. Doesn't make any sense. Speaking of plus minus, San Jose. Minus 97. Don't think anyone's <laughs> going to catch them <laughs> for the stat. You don't want to be Can first somebody in. somebody please <laughs> trade for Anthony Duclair and give that Can poor man please? an opportunity to fight for something? Because he's oh still, gosh. I watch a little bit of the Sharks here and there. Yeah. And I see Anthony Duclair just giving it his all every single night. This guy's got a move, man. He is trying. Yeah. And yeah. it's nice to see him be able to try. He's not a long-term guy in San Jose. If he is, you can bring him back eventually. Who cares? Sure. But right now, give him an opportunity. Put him somewhere else that he can help another team, a contender. And I like I would like to see that happen. It's not easy to get to the Stanley Cup final. It's not easy to win the Stanley Cup. And it's really hard to get back and repeat as champions. Don't tell that Tampa, because they've certainly done that recently in the last number of years. So the Vegas Golden Knights, four wins in the last 10. They play Toronto again for the second time. Uh, this is Tuesday, so they play them uh, later on tonight, Eastern time. I don't know about this. We talked about the fact that they had five goaltenders last season. Everything came together. Great hockey team. They were healthy, all that type of thing. But I just see most of the season they have not been touched in that Pacific division. There's something about it. I'm not confident in them right now. I'm not. Okay, let me put this to you. What did you and I talk about ad nauseum during their postseason run and what helped their success a lot last year? What was Uh, one big key? Depth scoring. Balance. Health. Health. And that contributes to all the things that you're just saying right now. But they were yeah. one of the healthier teams in the NHL. I just and, uh, made that up because I couldn't remember. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, but it it still goes, <laughs> I don't it listen goes to hand you. in hand with all of that, Pardon? though. Yeah. Right? The fact no, that they were healthy. No, it does. 
yeah. by the time that they got to the end of it. And now who are two players that are not playing with them right now? Jack Eichel. Yeah. And more importantly, in my huge. mind, Mark Stone. Yeah, huge. One huge. of <laughs> the most key, best 200-foot players in the league. But it's A all planned, part. though. It's all planned. You know that. Just to get the cap space. You know that this is all planned. You know the injury is fake. <laughs> I'm kidding. Absolutely kidding. I'm with you. It's not like you're in a fourth line position and you're not playing. Jack Eichel, one of my favorite, most talented players, I think, in the league. He doesn't get enough respect. Mark Stone is the glue. He's the glue of that team. You can give the give the con smite to Marcia so last season. You can give it to Eichel. Could have given it to everybody. But I remember Mark because Mark Stone was hurt last year. And when he came back, it was just like this. He injected this energy and this this calmness with the team. The intangible for him, to me, the most impressive thing about him, yeah, he's still a good hockey player, but it's not like he's going to put up 80, 90, 100 points. But what he brings to the room and what he brings to the bench, the team just, oh, Mark Stone's back. That's great. We don't have to play as hard as we did before. He's one of those players that you look at as a teammate that you know is going to run through a wall for the rest of the team. Yeah. And he does that. And he, and yeah. he does and it he'd, every he'd even, single game. He'd, he'd run through a stone wall, probably. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I, ouch. The uh, the good news for the Vegas Golden Knights, if for those who are might be a little bit concerned, is Jack Eichel is now practicing again in a non-contact jersey. Right. So he may right. be back sooner rather than later. But I'm telling you, they need to survive without Mark Stone. They better mm-hmm. hope he's week to week right now with an upper body injury. And they better hope that he is feeling. We all know the problems he has gone with, gone through already with his back. Yep. And he's had issues in the past. So if the, he is not, if he's not healthy for the postseason, Vegas is not repaving. It's just not happening. And I know there's to be honest, strong, I'll be honest, even with him, even with him healthy, they're not repeating. I don't see it. I just think I'm there's not ruling th- them out. I'm not. Well, you can bet on that. Take okay. a gamble. Uh, you want to talk about a youngster celebrating his 21st birthday. Um, and he's been impressing Logan Stankoven stars, top prospect made his debut on Saturday at Carolina Three shots, 15 minutes, first home game back on Monday, got his first goal and an assist. And then uh, Tuesday, he'll play the first back-to-back game. So good for him. I love these stories. You're young, you're coming in, you're having a good time. Off you go. I got a soft spot for this kid because I actually profiled him for ESPN when he was a prospect. He was a draft prospect not not too long ago, just a handful of years ago. And to mm-hmm. see him make his NHL debut, but to see him play as he got the warm-up and then to see him come out in the second game, yep. which happened to coincide with his 21st birthday, so he got to celebrate with beers afterwards if he wanted to, <laughs> and score the goal and, uh-huh. and and earn the assist. And when I love the scenes, the family's there, of course. Yeah. And they're all Special. just losing their minds as you would yep. if you saw your son, brother, nephew whoever Mm -hmm. accomplished that it's always a special moment this is a good young hockey player he's absolutely lighting it up in the minors he's going to continue the i know the dallas stars are going to have some issues with not having tyler sagan in the lineup for a while and i think that is a real concern but if you can have young players like this come in and contribute in the meanwhile then that's obviously going to be very valuable and very special if he were to play in dallas's last 22 games left in the schedule he'll still be considered a rookie Mm -hmm. next season because he'll be within one game of the 25 games, which I think is fantastic. I love that rule. Uh, He still leads the AHL in points Mm -hmm. this season (laughs) with 57. And it's his Uh, first year with the Texas Stars. Yeah. He was in junior last year. Like for you to come in and actually make such a large splash in your first year playing with grown-ups. Oh yeah. yeah, still just 21, right? So yeah. I think that's still 27 21. points in 47 games. I think that's super impressive. We'll see how long that he sticks up there. But again, Tyler Sagan is out for a bit, which is not great for the Stars, I repeat. No. 
But uh, if this kid can contribute, Kamloops BC native, then uh, that's going to be good. And also just showcases the depth that the Dallas Stars have, not only in their lineup that we talk about all the time, but also just in their system as well. It's rather impressive. And good for Dallas. They're playing well. Uh, what do they have? 79 points. Uh, four wins in the last 10. Still, they, it's, that's, a tight, uh, that's a tight division. Speaking of, we'll wrap it up with this then. Going to the Central, three really good hockey teams. Dallas, Winnipeg, and Colorado. Four points separate the three teams. Winnipeg in second with 77 going into Tuesday. Dallas on top with 79. Colorado with 75. The Winnipeg Jets have four games in hand. Those are eight points that they have to get. Colorado has one. Why is it so important to finish first? Okay, because we had this discussion about the Atlantic Division right. in, the, in the East just earlier. You don't want to play Florida or nope. the Leafs nope. or the Bruins if you're nope. one of those teams. You don't want to play the other. I think it's even more pronounced in the Central Division just because of the way these teams do play. You mm. want to finish first. You want to play a wild card team in the West because if you're the Dallas Stars, you don't want to play the Jets and or the Avalanche. If you're no, the you Jets, don't. you don't want to play the Stars or the Avalanche. No, no, and, no, and no. All, it, it all goes around. First of all, not only are they superior hockey clubs to me to, when you're comparing them to other teams in the West. I think they are. I think they're superior. Not only that, but they play such a rough and tumble game. They are physical. They yep. are hard to play against. That let's say, okay, let's say the Jets play the Avs and it goes seven, right? And the Dallas Stars play, I don't know, National Predators. Sure. Doesn't matter. But the Jets and the Avs, whoever, whichever team comes out of that alive. Exhausted. Banged up. Yeah, I know. All of I know. it. I know. So you want to finish first. You want yeah. to finish first. And you mentioned Nashville. If the season ended now, Dallas would play Nashville in that. Uh, actually, no, Vancouver would play Nashville because they have 82 points. They're the oh, top right. team in that uh, Western Conference. So Dallas, what, the second team they would play? No, Dallas would play. Yeah, Dallas would play the LA Kings at this point. Interesting. I think I have that correct. Yeah, because the second top team would play. Vancouver would play the second wild card. Mm-hmm. And the second place team in that conference That's would right. play first wild card. Now, and then you, can't, it, it's kind of funny to do, uh, yeah. do this exercise right now because some teams have like four games in hand on others. Yeah. So we still don't know how it's also, there's a lot of racetrack left, but it's, it's always fun to the, have the discussion. The reason why it's hard to do this exercise is because it's the last thing we're doing on this podcast. <laughs> right. It's exhausting. <laughs> why are we doing math to end the show? Anyway. I'm playing. Uh, I'm playing the conference game now because we had the discussion earlier about one to eight. One to eight, look. please. Yeah. So, so what listen, do you have? And listen, it's Canucks, Predators, yep. Stars, Kings, mm-hmm. Jets, Oilers, Nelly, oh. mm. Avalanche, Knights, Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be. I'm a telling very- you, go one to eight. Every all those those matchups we mentioned in both conferences, they're money money watching matches. You just you, uh, anyway. Some of the olden things. The olden days, Vic. A lot of good back then. But we'll see. Uh, we're done. Pucks and Seven will be back again. Heading toward the deadline, March the 8th. And then after that, a month and change left to go before Game 82 is done. And then, uh, don't blink now, we'll be in the postseason. Pucks and Seven brought to you by DamonBarber.ca. Follow us on Twitter at Ryan and Peyton at Victoria Mattyash. On Instagram at PatesRP at Mattyash Victoria. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. Also on the Sirius XM app. We'll talk to you next time. Pucks in 7 brought to you by DamonBarber.ca Available on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts.